0: The Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Please welcome to the stage Andy Zaltzman! Hello Buglers! Hello. Uh, uh, welcome to the Odeon uh, Leicester Square. This is the first time uh, that uh, I've um, appeared in a cinema um, obviously not the first time that John Oliver has appeared in a cinema, but by this stage of his films, usually half the crowd's walked out. Uh, so, uh, we're doing well. Uh, welcome, uh, welcome to the,
1: uh...
0: Uh, welcome to the... <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, welcome, uh, to, uh, to, uh, the Bugle Live. Uh, how are you? Chris, how does that compare with the average Bugle Live audience in terms of, uh, how they are? Could do better. Could do better, okay. Uh, who are you? How does that compare with the average Bugle Live audience in terms of self-awareness? Uh, on par. Right. And uh, why are you? <laughs> and how does that uh, compare in terms of existential doubt? Uh, above average. Above average. Okay, all good. And where are you? <laughs> okay, good. We'll, uh, we'll let that one slide. Uh, so, uh, I am Andy Zaltzman. This is the Bugle Live live from the Odeon Leicester Square, doubling up as issue 4,212 of the Bugle Audio newspaper for a visual... <laughs> a visual What? Oh, that'll do, good. It is the 13th of November, on this, uh, this day in the year 521 AD, exactly 1,500 years ago, a goat died. Oh. Uh, on this day, on the 13th of November in the year 1002, King Ethelred II of England ordered the killing, uh, killing of all Danes in the country. Yeah. You people, that is an awful thing to cheer. Um, I don't know if he actually believed in killing all Danes, I think he was just trying to quell the anti-Dane faction in his party, but that's... Uh... That's how British politics has always worked, isn't it? Uh, Happy birthday to St. Augustine of Hippo. Um, uh, Born on this day in 354 AD, he was the first ever children's cartoon character to be uh, be canonized um, after his miracle in helping toddlers get to sleep. Uh, And uh, today is World Kindness Day. So um, and you, you, all of you, told Chris. That was a test. That was a test to see. Yeah, you're great. <laughs> you're the good one. <laughs> so, as always, a section of the bugle is going, where? Is the bin! Correct. Uh, in the bin. Uh, this week, uh, section in the bin. The history of Leicester Square. Um, uh, have, have any of you been to Leicester Square before? Yes? A big fan? Massive fan. <laughs> I mean, it's the jewel of London. Um <laughs> Um, Leicester Square uh, Leicester Square is a history of Leicester Square it was moved uh, from Leicester to London by William the Conqueror in 1071 in, a, in an effort to quell rebellious barons in the Leicester area by physically moving their favourite square to London the square was dismantled, transported to London on horseback and rebuilt here, exactly where we see it, the Odeon in which we now sit of course was originally a fringe theatre in which uh, Leicester when it was still in Leicester put on anti-Norman plays um, <laughs> But they moved it here and it soon uh, hosted the gala A-list celebrity opening night world premiere of the award-winning action hero blockbuster War Tapestry about William's conquest of England. Um, (laughs) Named, of course, after his famous catchphrase that he used when he hacked someone to pieces on the battlefield. Bye! Yeah! I mean, say what you like. Not many other shows do jokes about 11th century tapestries. So, uh... uh, Leicester Square was, of course, remodelled in 1351 after mathematicians calculated that it was, in fact, a hexagon, uh, not a square. Two sides were removed and were relocated to form the left and right sides of what is now Charing Cross Road. That's a fact. The square now contains a uh, statue of celebrity playwright and sonneteer, William Shakespeare, who used to hang out here because he really loved an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. Um, (laughs) And also recently unveiled in the square is an artwork in tribute to the uh, Prime Ministership of David Cameron. Did any of you see that on the way in? Um, it might look like a bit of an old chewing gum stuck to a paving slab next to the remnants of a repeatedly trampled bit of vomited kebab uh, amidst the fading outline of where a fox once took a shit, but it is in fact a very appropriate piece of art and satire. Um, <laughs> uh, it's time now to meet our two guests. Firstly... Here, live, and in no fewer than three dimensions. I'll let you judge exactly how many, but it's at least three, having quite literally sprinted here from another gig, albeit in a car, because he is the king of showbiz. Albeit he was ruling showbiz from a pub in Islington, uh, I believe. Uh, It's Nish Kumar! Nish is modelling the Bugle merch today.
2: Look at him, he's been working out. right you wearing the new pants or not? Um, I'm wearing the uh, G-string. All right, okay, go. but it's an old issue, so I've got Zoltzman on lefty, <laughs> Oliver on the right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you're going to sit down. What? What? Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I've sat down at the desk. I mean, I'll tell you what, This you've said that it feels like with us sat behind a desk with microphones that it looks like we've made a transfer. I say we all look like disgraced senators. <laughs> Such a fine line these days. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a member of the Roy family. Um, I'll stand up and join you. Um, I am wearing a bugle hat, bugle T-shirt and bugle socks. And I feel fucking empowered. <laughs> also, can I be completely honest with you? Yeah. I did not think it was in the big room. <laughs> <laughs> You've known me too long, Mish. <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> our friend Daniel has asked me four times this week, is it in the big room? And I've gone, there's no fucking way they put Zosman in the big room. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, the, this, the, the big screen and real life adds £4. Pounds. <laughs> Okay? I'm actually much uh, skinnier. That's an optical illusion. Right. <laughs> F-ing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, it looks like Mo has had a nervous breakdown.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, right. Also joining
0: us on... Uh, about to come... I, I assume the, the, the live coverage... Uh, well, there we go. Just in case uh, you weren't aware. The, uh, the live coverage uh, is going to be replaced by our other guest today joining us from earlier on today in California, where it is I believe about 11:30 a.m. It's the man whose name accuses uh, major international military collaborations of being jealous. it's NATO Green
1: uh, hello, hello NATO! i got to say, watching Nish double over at the sight of my big stupid face is going to be the best joke of the evening so far. <laughs> There's no I, other joke that is going to be funnier than Nish doubling so over at my it, big you, stupid it, face.
2: You've taken it over like a Doctor
1: Who villain. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. sprit, spritz me with water to keep me moist, Nish. <laughs> I I am also wearing the the Bugle merch here. Uh, You can't see it. Uh, But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please contribute to the voluntary subscription scheme and the merch so that Andy can afford to fly me out next time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, come on, you f***ing cheapskates!
1: Andy, I have a question. Yep. Uh, What is happening... Well, well yeah, <laughs> uh, what is happening, you, I, I, Everyone, I got an email from Andy saying, hey, do you want to do a live bugle with me and Nish? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so I have no idea where you are or what's happening. Oh, right. or, so, well, Nish, uh, what, what
0: has happened is you are quite literally big in London. Uh, huge <laughs> in London. Hats, and you are a, a, a star of simultaneously stage and screen, uh, on a massive screen. Here at the Odeon Cinema in Leicester Square. On, and on this screen... Uh, well, I imagine, I mean, you're basically the new Daniel Craig, I think. Oh, sure. <laughs> he he yeah. must have been on here a few weeks ago.
1: And, and how do my pores look? Do I look like I need microdermabrasion?
0: Uh, you look absolutely sensational, uh, Natal. Okay. Thanks for polishing oh, your head.
1: Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it took all, all morning to get yeah. my head to its right level of shininess. <laughs> oh, boy.
2: <laughs> this is the weirdest Boogle we've ever done. Like, <laughs> like
1: it is. Right. It genuinely is. I mean, I'm having a fing great time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I see I see are there and there are, it looks like there are sponsors on the screen. There there's a bunch of sponsors. Oh. Uh I, I so I don't know these sponsors. One of them is called Manscaped, uh, and just to give you a sense of how on fire my comedy career is, I was given uh, an opportunity to be a brand influencer for a men's ball shaving product (laughs) Uh, so they looked me up and they're like this is the guy oh my god (laughs) your face has got even bigger
2: (laughs) 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 NATO as you started to castigate the sponsors they immediately removed them from the screen (laughs) I think also part of the problem here is that a company called... I don't know what they do, but a company called Manscaped presumably does not want its product affiliated with me because <laughs> if, one, if there's one thing this man is not, it's scaped. <laughs> if, 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 if this is how hairy the visible bits are, imagine what knotted forest is going on in the undercarriage. Family show, yes. <laughs> Family show. <laughs> Literally tonight, your daughter's here. <laughs>
1: She's oh, going to learn I'm some so new I'm so sorry words. for some of the things that I'm about to say that i prepared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, I think it is now time for Top Story This Week. And, uh, well, where else to begin than with the uh, exciting news from Glasgow that the world has agreed to potentially slightly decelerate the onset of Armageddon? Uh, <laughs>
2: Which I There's yeah, is... not as much enthusiasm in the room as I'd yeah. hoped for for that.
0: <laughs> um, uh, quick warning, during the course of this section of tonight's uh, Bewell show, uh, vowels and consonants may at times be used entirely separate from each other, resulting in long runs of just vowels and or long runs of just consonants. These may include sounds such as... ah, <laughs> mm, And... <laughs> e, as well as... Um, just breaking uh, before we came on stage, an-, an agreement has been finally reached. They extended the... Uh, uh, COP26 today they've just reached an agreement uh, for a pro-environment emoji um, of a face that is simultaneously genuinely concerned but also really definitely thinking about planning to actually do something about it so I mean that is I think all the progress um, that that we could have hoped well let's just do a quick survey of the audience who likes the environment who thinks it's had its chance and has blown it
2: 50-50, fair enough. Um, I think it was 52-48, and we all know how that ends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Well, uh, it's uh, Nish. um, Andrew, you've uh, you are a an environment user. Um,
2: Big environment user.
0: uh, how, how, how have you enjoyed? Can't
2: well, look, much... I've been trying to find optimism where optimism can be found. And there was a, a, an unexpected agreement reached between the US and China to work together to um, cut emissions. Um, they said that they're going to commit uh, that over the next 10 years that uh, the temperature increase should only be 1.5 degrees uh, centigrade. Now, if some of this sounds familiar, it's because it absolutely is because they basically made the same agreement in 2014 in Paris, an agreement that was then immediately torn up by uh, President Donald Trump. So basically, we're back to square one. And in 2024, we're going to be back to square zero when he wins again. Because let's be honest, either he's going to win as a person or the Republican Party is going to weekend at Bernie's, that motherfucker. So animating his hands. Um, the concerning thing was uh, one of the research directors at Chatham House, Bernice Lee, said that while co- cooperation between the US and China was positive, details remain patchy. And listen, if there's one thing you want in science, it's for details to remain patchy. <laughs> Nothing spreads confidence like a doctor saying, listen, we understand you've been shot in the leg and you're currently bleeding to death. I just want to reassure you, we have a concrete plan on how we're going to stop you bleeding to death. Well, it's not so much a plan. Details are patchy. But it is a commitment to... Oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. He bled out. Um, uh, NATO, I mean,
0: there must have been dancing on the streets of of San Francisco when the news of the US-China agreement um, came through.
1: Watching the COP26 unfold reminds me of an expression that we have in the United States. I don't know if you've heard it, but all cops are bastards. (laughs) Uh.
2: (laughs) That is that is leftism squared, Naito. <laughs> You've acab the cops of it. F- it my, my, I would remove my hat to you if it wasn't currently branded merchandise.
1: <laughs> uh, I gotta say, Cop 26, so far, my least favorite cop. I think the series ran out of gas at Cop 18. Uh, <laughs> they ran out of gas and did not switch to renewables. This season of Cop feels stale and uninspired, like is there a writer's strike on or what? Uh, It reminds me of Peter Jackson doing a good job on The Lord of the Rings and then making a f***ing 38-hour-long Hobbit trilogy that was so tedious that even the monster chase scenes were boring. Come on, Glasgow, give us a good monster chase. Uh, Cops should have been more like, I may destroy you. One season, blows your mind, then everyone gets their BAFTAs to go do superhero movies. That's what I want. Um, There was an audible reaction to NATO mentioning the
2: Hobbit trilogy that I can only imagine was as visceral when it was screened in this cinema. (laughs)
0: Um, The two countries issued a joint declaration uh, in which they are going to revive a working group. Uh, Big working group fans here that will meet regularly... This cat is nearly back in the bag. Uh, it will address the climate crisis and advance the multilateral process focusing on enhancing concrete actions in this decade. I mean, it's, it's almost done, isn't it? The environment is nearly fixed. They're going
2: We're talking about a working group here, Nish, that is going to meet regularly. Yeah, it's not a resting group that's going to meet occasionally. Yeah. This is a frequent working group. So we can all just fly
0: everywhere again because it's all... Fine. Um, I killed four birds on my way here. <laughs> That's the title of Nish's new podcast. Yeah.
2: Um, um, it's a bit old school, but you know, you've got to claim it back, haven't you? Now, um, I, uh, I've got a suggestion. Yep. Uh, because here's the thing, right? A lot of the people here, the no good, feckless leftists of the Bugle audience, you're not know, the people that need. Yeah. There you are. Let's hear it for the feckless leftists! <laughs> Woo! That's
1: my new podcast.
2: (laughs) Feckless leftists is the name of the band starring the four people you're looking at right now. (laughs) I just think that the problem is, right, there's a lot of old white dudes that are not convinced about, uh, no offence to anyone here on stage or on screen, Uh, there's there's a lot of old white dudes. So how do we get old white people scared about climate change? Call it. Climate immigration. Because that... (laughs) That is the only thing that scares old white people. Start telling them, oh, no, it's not climate change. It's foreign weather. (laughs) Coming to get your good English weather. There's some of it's Sharia weather that's coming over. There's going to be... And it's not coming over on boats. It's floating in through the air. Flying Sharia weather is coming for you. (laughs) No one cut that out of context and put it on the internet, okay? (laughs) That was a world-class heckle. Sometimes it's sunny. Absolutely superb heckle. Sometimes it's shite. Now, unfortunately, now this is, this, is not your, this is not on you as an audience. You're not comedians. Unfortunately, what you've done is stolen a Jason Manford joke from the mid-2000s. Okay? <laughs> and that's not on you guys. But Manford will be suing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> talking about old white people, I should say, I was talking to my dad about the, the climate change uh, summit. My dad is, is, as you all know, I think, an old Jew... And he is enjoying this because he gets excited when uh, white people who are not Jews are terrified. Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, What a specific interest. (laughs) Uh, There's
0: an interesting reaction from some of the uh, the smaller nations that have attended uh, COP. The uh, finance minister of uh, Tuvalu, the Pacific Island nation, said, we are literally sinking, um, to which the world responded, yes, and we are metaphorically helping. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The the, uh, uh, minister for climate resilience from Grenada said, what is on the table is the bare minimum. Um, Well, I mean, that's all you can expect, really. And we've heard a lot about, you know, the time for words is over, now is the time for action. I mean, do you agree with that, Nish, or do you not think that words are actually quite environmentally friendly, whereas action often ends in trees falling over?
2: (laughs) I don't think you could besmirch all action with that, Andy. Some action is very good. Die Hard, for example. (laughs) Very good action in Die Hard. Um, Alok Sharma, uh,
0: who's uh, run point on the whole thing, uh, said we're now <laughs> at a moment... A very,
2: very <laughs>
0: optimistic...
2: He has barely strolled point on this, Andy. <laughs>
0: um, he uh, said we are now at a moment of truth. Uh, well, so that's it. Truth is allowed one moment. Um, well, this is very exciting. Then it can get back in its box and let the adults take over again. Um, uh, there's problems, aren't there? I mean, there's problems with what's been, been suggested. Yeah. Uh, one is that fixing the environment is going to take ages. Um, we're talking about 2050 here, and three decades is not a recognised unit of time in democratic politics. Um, they might as well just pledge to do something within the next eon, or by a millennium next Thursday, or within a squillion weeks. I mean, I mean, anything more than 24-hour news has got any, any chance?
2: I mean, I don't think that there's... Yeah, I mean, I think that's always a huge concern. That's always a huge concern. One of the things that they haven't managed to achieve is a firm commitment, because some of the nations in the Global South are hoping to get uh, some sort of financial package from the Global North, given that the Global South is largely not responsible for the effects of climate change. And there have been talks of, effectively, climate reparations being paid. Good luck, the Global South, because bear in mind, these countries do not want to pay actual reparations for terrible things that they've done. You can't just go around getting free money. You're not investment banks, okay? (laughs)
0: Uh, and, and, I mean, there, there have been you know, various pledges uh, of, you know, sums—well, you know, 100 million quid, here and there—and uh, yet <laughs> and that is the exact
2: wording, here you know, and there. <laughs> that
0: <laughs> seems to basically—I uh, just trying sort to of find the, the specific. Uh, I mean, it basically is ball. Let's ballpark it at a few, yeah, 100 million or so. And uh, but it had been pointed out by uh, um, Antonio Guterres, the uh, UN. Um, Head coach? Is that? Sorry, I've been watching too much sport. Um, That's we've lost you to
2: cricket, Andy. (laughs) I know the T Twenty World Cup is on at the moment, but you can't get your head in the game.
0: (laughs) The um, too soon, Nish, Too soon. Um, (laughs) You point out there's trillions in uh, subsidies for fossil fuels. Um, So can you square that's trillions for fossil fuels and a bit of money? for poorer... I mean, is it that we just can't let the fossils have died in vain? We owe it to everything the fossils have done for us. They made our world possible. We cannot just leave their corpses underground. We have a duty, as Christian
2: countries, to resurrect the fossils and... Honestly, are you being sponsored by Shell tonight? Because <laughs> it feels like that is the next logical extension of climate denialism. No-one has gone that way and gone, oh, no, I'm pro-fossils.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so here it is. 290, the UK has pledged 290 million to help poorer countries cope with the impacts of climate change, which I think is uh, about eight minutes of the test and trace system. <laughs> <laughs> or... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: it's It is... <laughs>
0: So it's a bargain um, uh, it's four bin bags it's, it's five weeks of the running costs of the Trident nuclear deterrent so you know uh, so I, mean, I would hope for that at some point in the five weeks we'd launch a nuke just to show the developing world that we care um, uh, NATO obviously one of the big stories to emerge from COP uh, surrounded your president um, Joe Biden and um, his arse um, laughter now, sure. Um, yeah. You are, of course, our American presidential flatulence uh, correspondent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. There's the uh, tweet from The New York Post, "The fountain of All Truth," that uh, um, Prince Charles's uh, wife, Camilla Parker Wells, can't stop talking about Joe Biden's long fart) uh, so, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a, a great history. You've, in fact, written an influential history of American presidential flatulence covering the likes of John Quincy Adams, which he ate a lot of fruit, judging by his nickname. Uh, Andrew the Claxon Jackson. And um, I think we all know what the B in Lyndon B. Johnson stood for. But um, uh, what's... I mean, how has this rocked America? Because, I mean, Biden's obviously under enough pressure as it is without this, this humiliation.
1: This is our renewable energy programme. Right, OK. Um, and... <laughs> uh you know I mean people people say that you know Biden is an old guy who doesn't doesn't learn but uh you will recall that when Michelle Obama visited England she touched the queen and people freaked out and said that you you can't touch a royal and so Biden learned the lesson took it to heart and he met met the duchess or countess or whatever the f- she is who cares <laughs> kill kill them all uh and, uh, you know
2: what, that's fine for you to say, NATO. Everyone who clapped yeah. is getting decapitated, OK?
1: <laughs> this was a sting and, uh, operation on behalf of the royals. And, but uh, you know, Biden, Biden listened, learned the lesson, and he crop-dusted her instead, <laughs> uh, which is a traditional greeting in Scranton, Pennsylvania, where he's from.
0: <laughs> well, the best piece of advice I have ever been given uh, was to never share good pieces of advice. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the next best piece of advice I've ever been given <laughs> is that when a politician claims his or her, but almost certainly statistically his country and or government, is not corrupt, you might as well just picture them
2: rolling naked in a jacuzzi full of banknotes. <laughs> um, and we have that this There week. is no member of the Conservative Party <laughs> that I wish to picture naked banknotes <laughs> or otherwise. Um, um, and we, we've seen this. Yeah, we are uh,
0: apparently, according to our, our Prime Minister, uh, Boris Johnson, uh, not remotely a corrupt country. Um, now, <laughs> I mean, cynics might say, well, we might not be remotely a corrupt country, but we do have a corrupt Prime Minister and government. But it's not quite the same. same. And also, maybe we're not remotely corrupt. We are simply directly corrupt. <laughs> Um, We have close quarters, often above-board corruption. Um, Our corruption is a kind of low-tariff format of corruption that doesn't require being uh, remote. You've got, you know, the House of Lords. Uh, we have, you know, the, the way honours are handed out, government contracts with COVID, all in plain view of a country that fundamentally doesn't give enough of a shit. We have the first-past-the-post system, which essentially buys the Conservatives and Labour an almost Sicilian level of corruption in legal democratic daylight. So, I mean, I guess it comes out of, you know, what second job Geoffrey Cox... Are you familiar with Geoffrey Cox? from? Uh, uh, I mean, if he was, you know... His second job was as a voiceover artist for a pomposity awareness charity... <laughs> Then you can sort of understand that. That would sort of make,
2: make sense. Um, uh, but, you know, well, if his second job was being the Cheshire Cat in Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> that would also... Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you
0: know, what is disappointing is that they can't even be asked to do it on the sly. Um, you know, it, um, it, uh, they sort of, you know, say, oh, this is, you know, this is just how things should be. You know, you've got skills... You, sh- you, should- you should use them. And when, when-, when he's criticised, Jeffrey uh, Cox responded by saying to his constituents he might be concerned that he's not- they're not his priority, A. Uh, he responded saying, let me just check my parliamentary majority. Oh, it's 25000 I'm afraid you're going to have to f*** right off.
2: <laughs> um- <laughs> he, just- he earned £900,000 in the past year working for the law firm Withers, who represent the British Virgin Islands, which is a tax haven... <laughs> And he represents that government in an inquiry into governance and possible corruption. That is so f***ing corrupt. That is <laughs> a level of corruption that my father, <laughs> this week in conversation, deemed Indian standard. And <laughs> oh, There can be no higher compliment. He genuinely meant that as a compliment. He was like, I thought we were the world leaders in corruption, but it turns out we are a distant second to these clowns. How can you be... In that's investigating the tax haven and also work for the law firm representing the tax haven. It's the fucking Spider-Man meme brought into law. I,
1: I, um, uh, I just want the audience to be aware that, uh, that I, I went to the Wither's website and there is a Jeffrey Cox page on the Wither's website and you can email oh, him yeah. directly. And retain his services as an attorney. Uh, I just, I just, I just want people to know I'm not making any recommendations. You're all adults; make your own choices. I just want you to know that that option exists. And in his bio on the Withers website, it does not. it's it it mentions that he was the Attorney General. It mentions that he represents the Brit- British Virgin Islands. It doesn't mention that he is irretrievably corrupt. Uh, I do want to say I think Withers got a bad deal because they pay him £400,000 to work 10 hours a week. And Withers, call me. (laughs) Uh, I will give you a solid 12 to 15 hours a week for £300,000 a year. (laughs)
2: Let
1: me jew you down. Uh, I'm sure I can... Can advise a British Virgin Island how to do corruption, as that's that's the what the advice is is how to pull it off. Let's make it happen, baby.
2: Uh, <sighs> NATO, I have to say, you uh, are playing with fire here by informing. <laughs> The listeners of this podcast that there is a facility for them to email Jeffrey Cox. I imagine Jeffrey Cox is about to receive approximately fifty thousand pictures of a rooftop penis.
0: Oh, that's a nice callback, Nish.
2: You've been Cox blocked, and if he doesn't, I, am being, I will be so disappointed. If, the, if Jeffrey Cox doesn't receive fifty thousand rooftop penises within the next week, I will be furious with
1: all of you. Look, John Oliver can get medical debt cancelled, but can you, buglers, email a bunch of dicks to a corrupt MP?
0: Um, um, uh, Cox sort of defended himself by saying that, you know, if voters were that fussed about it, they would would vote him out. Uh, He said electors decide whether or not you know, he stays in his job, or whether they pick you know, a senior and distinguished professional who maintains a second job. A, a Telegraph columnist said the quality of an MP's work is policed by a mechanism we call democracy. But that's not really how people vote, is it, in, in elections? For a start, most people barely even know the name of their MPs. And it shows the imprecision of voting. If you're supposed to factor that in, Tilda, when you write your X just x one le- you got to boil it down to one letter <laughs> in a box, yes. You, you factor that. I mean, it's quite hard when you, you, kind of, you write your X in a box and you, you don't really know what you're voting for. You think, Hang on, I thought I was voting for the potholes in my road to be filled in, for the local youth centre to be shut down, for there to be insufficient medical staff and for a completely unnecessary train line to be built at vast economic and ecological cost. But now it turns out that I actually voted for my MP to f*** off to the Cayman Islands <laughs> and not do his job properly. Oh, well. Uh, whoops. I'm putting X in a box in terms of precision. And pointful. To me, that's like playing Snog Marry a Void with Nelson Mandela, Marie Curie, and Confucius. Um, It seems oversimplified and largely pointless.
2: I the thing that I find most well, I mean, I find I mean, I find the whole thing infuriating. But the thing that I potentially find most infuriating is that Cox's defence, the idea that there is accountability in place, is pretty similar to Johnson's justification uh, for the idea that Britain is not a corrupt country. Just as a side note, before I go further down that road, in 2016, the Italian author Roberto Saviano, who wrote a book called *Gomorrah* and was forced into hiding by the power of the mafia in Naples, described Britain in 2016 as the most corrupt country on earth. That is a man who has to live still under police protection because of the power of the mafia in Italy. And he looked at the mafia and he looked at Britain and he went, I'll chance my arm. Like At the very least, if I stay in Italy, I'm going to have a lovely penne arabiata. I don't want to have my corruption served with the side of whatever the f*** steak and kidney pie
1: is. (laughs) But it's deeply
2: frustrating that Johnson's evidence that Britain is not a corrupt country is the fact that he was not able to change the laws this week because of pressure applied by the media and by members of the public. That is like me walking into an all-you-can-eat buffet, sticking my dick in the mayonnaise, and as I'm led away by the police going, the system works.
0: (laughs) I should point out, Marlon Brando was a method actor. Nish, Nish is a
2: method comedian.
1: <laughs> this is
2: all... <laughs> I'm banned from Harvester <laughs> for that joke, OK? <laughs> was it worth it, Kumar?
0: <laughs> uh, NATO, let's, I mean, let's move across the Atlantic, because uh, obviously, in terms of lunatic politicians, America remains very much a market leader. Um,
1: <laughs> and... Um, uh, 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 wait, uh, Andy, are, you, are we going to talk about butts? About butts. Yeah. Do we have butt stuff in the e- queue?
0: Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah well, let's do that. Okay, let's, let's do butts first. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, Nate, you are, uh... Right. Ready to serve. That's uh, a truly harrowing uh, image. Uh, Nate, so as... I googled that. As the, um... <laughs>
1: I, I don't even know what's on the screen. So, um. yeah, Well, I, I mean, uh, you, you would say, uh, I mean, I, I would even go so far as to say, as the Bugles, ass man correspondent. Um, <laughs> uh, so there was a story that uh, the headline, uh, Horny Britons, uh, this is from the Daily Mail, thank you very much, co- cost the NHS $3 million over the past decade, sticking stuff up their butts. Uh, I think that is an incredible story that... Uh, and I appreciate it so deeply that, and if it does not get an anal pun run from Andy, this whole enterprise will not have been worth it. Um, so. Why
2: why are you clapping that? You would have to suffer through it. You know <laughs> that you're here, and you can't press fast forward on life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you are f***ing masochists. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Are people just shouting stuff now? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. As, as usual, NATO, one of my gigs has descended to fast.
2: I assume there's a bread <laughs> roll coming. Yeah. Uh,
0: there it is! There it is! He's been pelted. Pelted, I tell you, yet again. <clears throat>
1: uh,
2: uh, <clears throat> Right. For the benefit of the listeners, it's happened again. Someone has bought a bread roll and thrown it at me on stage at the Bugle Live show. Who was it that brought that? Why are you handing it over to me like it's. I've got the bread roll. It's the yeast of my concern. Don't f***ing start that, mate. (laughs) I'm definitely not eating a bread roll that's, let's be honest, absolutely covered in COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Who threw the roll? Was it you? So what? This morning you thought, I've got a plan here. (laughs) Hang on. Chris Chris is now running on stage to interview the the roll thrower. At what point... What's your name, first of all? Me too. Me too. Nice to meet you. I can't believe... Etu Brown Man. (laughs) Another one of Nisha's new podcasts. I'm proud of it. (laughs) I expect this from the, no offence, f***ing crackers. (laughs) At what point during the day did you come up with the idea for this? Approximately 6.30. a.m. or (laughs)
1: p.m.? I don't sleep much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and what, what, was the, what was the... I'm interested. It, feel like, it feels like this is what would have happened if Lincoln had been given the opportunity to talk to John Wilkes Booth. What, <laughs> 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 what was the... No offence, NATO, I know. It's a sore <laughs> point. Too soon. What was the, what was the po- thinking behind it? Did you think at some point he'll bring it up? Or did you think, if, what would have happened if I hadn't mentioned the bread roll? Would there just a bit of point during the Q&A where you'd have just gone, oh, I'm going to have to fucking chuck it now? Couldn't have just kept it on the table. Sooner or later, it was coming your direction. You could have just kept Had you had it out the entire time? Because in a way, that's more threatening if I start to arrive at gigs and people just have bread rolls on the side tables. <laughs> you know what happens. <laughs> These guys got them as well. <laughs> Wait, how many of you got bread rolls? How many people here currently have bread rolls?
0: Well, I mean, we did offer them a free bread roll with every ticket. when, when we put, Just thought that's what you'd want.
2: I'll be honest with you, it's not your worst PR scheme. <laughs> well, thank you. A yes, big sir. round of applause for the bread thrower. Yep. We'd, uh... Now, get We'd, out. Yes, <laughs> We
0: better by getting back to the uh, to the uh, this uh... <laughs>
1: right. uh, year you're, you're never going to lose the covid fifteen if people keep throwing carbs at you <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, nato um so yes, yeah, so yeah we were on the well up
1: the we butt, were up of yeah. the butt
0: yeah yeah, just um well for, uh, for, for want of a better phrase, just fill us in.
1: Uh, (laughs) Uh, So there's a a study out um, uh, that people in England are uh, in large numbers sticking toothbrushes, aerosol cans, toy figurines and eggs in their butts, uh, beer bottles, other items.
0: Yeah, because
1: Um, now we have the freedom to do it because
0: Brussels stopped us doing that for four decades. Were we
2: not supposed to do that before 2016?
1: No! No reason. Uh, Take them by control. <laughs> the study was published in the Royal College of Surgeons England Anals. Uh, <laughs> the name of the publication. Oh Follow-up study coming out in <laughs> Butthole <laughs> Quarterly. Um, it's, uh, according to the data, uh, it's mostly men who do it. According to the study, they do it for sexual pleasure. Um, uh, you don't say. Uh, I thought this was an ad for men's purses. Lads, you don't have to carry your keys in your butt anymore. Try out a mani pack instead. <laughs> Butts are for pooping. Butts are for pooping, and and oh, and dicks and fingers and tongues. But that's it. And, and also, also strap-ons and dildos and vibrators, and nothing else. But, but also, tr- tr- try a feather. Um, so, I feel like the, what I want to what I want to just bring your attention to. It sounds like a lighthearted butt joke, but. Uh, the actually, Chris, can we get the chart on the screen? So, the thing that I love about the chart is it shows the age spread of uh people putting stuff in their butts. <laughs> and, and first of all,
0: oh, co- what, what is I want to know, i oh, okay, carry on later, but I'm in- intrigued by n- 90 plus,
2: <laughs> yeah, still <laughs> just to be clear 90 plus is <laughs> not zero,
1: <laughs> it's quite it's, right. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you, you assume that that the 10 to, that there's a little spike there in the 10 to 14 range that is some innocent, you know, exploration, checking out the plumbing, if you will. But then, you know, puberty hits, 15, not so much, 16, 17, 18, just hanging out, chilling, 19, chilling, you turn 20, everything in the butt immediately. <coughs> like, the, so... What is going on with British 20-year-olds? What are you doing at 20th birthday parties that suddenly there's just a mad stampede of stuff in the butt?
0: It does, it does kind of suggest also... that allowing people to vote over the age of 18 is something of a risk.
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it. And, and we need then, to normalise butt plugs. <laughs> we need, as a society, normalise butt plugs because that's why people are shoving cans of soap up there.
1: The, the other thing is, I, 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 as the bugle-ass play correspondent, uh, <laughs> it is my pr- pride as someone from San Francisco, as a part of our culture, uh, that, that if you're going to put something uh, in your butt, it, you want it to be flared and tapered so that it's easy to remove. And that is exactly the shape of the curve here. Uh, of the... Perce- <laughs> it is like science is trying to teach us something. Uh, so this whole thing is also, I want you to appreciate this as as members of the United Kingdom. This is an argument for national health care, that you even have the option of getting this kind of data because you have the NHS to study it. In the United States, we can't get this kind of data. You have to get each individual private for-profit health plan and hospital to tell you separately how many people put stuff in their butts. Uh, now, the Tax Payers Alliance is upset, and it's, it's, a, like, it's a fascinating attempt to like, scrape the bottom in the effort to privatize the NHS. We have to privatize so we can ration care, because people are wasting money on getting stuff out of butts. And imagine, the, imagine if they succeeded, and the NHS was fully privatized, and you had an American-style brutalist healthcare system, and then you had to teach history... Uh, and you're, t- you're telling kids in school, yeah, we used to have a naturalized healthcare system, but then too many men in their 20s stuck action figures in their butts and now you're <laughs> of your asthma medicine. <laughs> uh, so I just want you to t- take, take this lesson. I want, you to, I want you to enjoy your butts. Do ass play safely. Keep it clean. Uh, don't use hot sauce. I've learned that one the hard way. Uh, if you're going to go into ass play... Lube and a Flared Bass. Uh, That's what you need to know. There's some laughing. There's some learning. I I assume Lube and a Flared Bass is going to be the title of the episode and was also a a band Andy was in in college.
2: Nato, how does it feel to have painted your Sistine Chapel? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
2: sounds like a horrible euphemism. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Albeit an opposite one. For this. <laughs> uh, moving on now to River Thames news. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, good. Well, wow, that was Finally. a forceful enthusiasm from citizens of London.
0: Um, now, as if we didn't have enough times at the end times, enough signs at the end times are definitely on the way. Uh, they are coming with increasingly spangly hats, these signs. This week, a plague of sharks in the River Thames. Right here in traditionally shark-free London. Shark, and I only read the headline of this story, sharks have been swimming amok. Um, LAUGHTER down there. I mean, this is one of the few cities in the world where you can still innocently surf wherever you want with little or no chance of being eaten by a shark.
1: But I think this is great news, actually. Like, it's a. I mean, it's a sign of how of like how dark our moment in history is. But it's good news that there is a, a bright side here, which is that in 1956 the Thames was declared biologically dead, uh, and now is brimming with life. So. Venomous sharks is actually a sign of progress.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I call my penis uh, NATO green uh, because it's very funny and always hangs to the left.
1: (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Um, I'm very pleased with myself. And and it has a lot of hair on its back, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's what I say I go into my my local beauty salon and I say it's time to wax NATO <laughs> uh,
0: anyway a friend of mine was, uh, you know, was obsessed with sharks
2: and um, he's actually uh,
0: he was uh, he used to be the boss of a he used to be the boss of a film that uh, of a company that used to make horror films uh, he was the Hammerhead um <laughs> Uh, but
2: uh, he had a very traumatic Listen to incident. the sound of your own voice. Oh, yeah, you no. wanted this. He... this. You know what this is? This is fucking Brexit all over again. Yep.
0: It'll go on for nearly as long as well. Um, <laughs> uh, it all dates back to a, a, a trauma he had uh, when his, his father um, was, was eaten by a shark and my, aged my friend terribly. Overnight, his hair turned from grey to white. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> And uh, he was also terrified of all large fish. Uh, in fact, and um, uh, he said he'd consulted all uh, living uh, U.S. presidents, and uh, none of them had been able to offer him any decent advice. Uh, he said uh, not uh, not George W., um, not Donald, and uh, not even Barack. You'd uh, thought uh, he'd have had something to something to say. But anyway, <laughs> it kind of played with his head, and he started to get this. He started to have these visions, and he claimed he could see. Um, or you could perceive nuclear reactions he said I can hear diffusion and last week I saw the fish, the fission, saw the fission? Oh. Um. That one
2: didn't even make any no, sense. No, it didn't a lot of them. Don't make sense.
0: Nish. That one I was, makes no sense. I was distracted before the gig when I usually write the puns by monitoring your process it will progress from your
2: overrunning sandwich <laughs> So that's your fault. Um, oh, it's my fault yeah. the puns don't make sense. But
0: uh, he tried to sort of work his way through his fear of fish by um, just swallowing them down whole. And I said, uh, you know, isn't, isn't that bad for your digestion? Shouldn't you eat them in a different way? And he said, chew, nah, uh, no time. <laughs> No time for that. Um, but OK, he, but you know what, to, I'm he, back on board. He liked to think... Um, <laughs> he, liked, you know, he, he liked to be, be prepared, and he, always, he, he was always armed, and he, he also was obsessed with uh, old Scottish inventors, and he spent a lot of time thinking about how, with, what he would arm, with what guns he would arm famous Scottish inventors with in case they came face-to-face with a terrifying large fish. And uh, he said to me, uh, I reckon John Logie-Baird Glock, James Watt, Smith & Wesson, uh, Alexander Graham Bell Luger. <laughs>
2: I don't think I've ever been this angry with someone while wearing three images of their face. Um, uh, well, I mean, it all, I mean, it just
0: used to happen all the, all the way. Whenever I did, did pun runs in the old days of the bugle, they would always stir John. Um, um, thank you. was like a round of applause for quite a good putt. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but, um, and also, actually, um, uh, uh, my, 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 my fish-fearing friend, he had, had some big friends in uh, the world of pop music, and uh, he liked to go um, skating uh, with them, um, but, uh, and he had to, but he was a bit rushed one day, and he'd forgotten his skates, and he had to, he had to send an email
2: to Sting Ray Skates. Uh, <laughs> but, Two in one, there, um, But he was quite excited. I can't believe that, that and, um, You. you oh, I knew look. you were in trouble the second he said pop star. I was like, is he going to say f***ing sting? Uh,
0: well, it was obviously, wasn't it? Uh, and <laughs> we're very nearly done. Uh, he thinks um, Elon Musk... He's very excited about Elon Musk. Um, he thinks he could be the man... The, the, he, he could develop a means of reanimating corpses. Um, he said to me, he could be the man to raise the dead. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, but I mean, he, he lived in Hollywood, so he used to play all the top Hollywood actresses at tennis. He thrashed Greta Garbo. He took Shirley Temple apart in straight sets, and he absolutely blew Marlene... blew Marlene, Marlene. <laughs> blew and trick off the court. But, um, anyway... <laughs> you he were angry with that one. Eventually, he, um, he, uh, he challenged... He, he, someone got very angry with him. He challenged him to a duel, but he would quite often do it, but he insisted on dueling only with household DIY implements, and he would issue the challenge in somewhat outdated, chivalrous language. So he said to this guy, pick the assor. <laughs> pick, pick the... Ich, pick, pick. This gig is over. We are over our contractually obliged time. Um,
2: right, I'm just going to mull it over for a while. Oh, and, um, no. uh, sorry. Not many people have the guts to end a show. On something that is designed to fail. <laughs> Whoa!
0: It's not a fish. It's, it's warm-blooded. Oh my Fuck god! Fuck you!
2: Oh, fish. Yeah, that's the problem with it. <coughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Um, right. Um, we've all had a whale of a time, and so only... we're Right. <laughs> That is it. Uh, thank you very much for coming. It's been, uh, been a fun gig. Uh, I've not done a lot of live shows uh, since the before times, and uh, I still feel quite rusty, but you've been absolutely delightful. Uh, give it up for the wonderful and massive Nato Green!
1: Cheers, everybody.
0: Uh, you can see him in all films that are going to be screened here over the next <laughs> ten years. Uh, uh, thanks to Nish Kubar uh, um, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you all thanks to the wonderful producer Chris thanks to the Odeon for having us thanks to Podicom uh, and I've been Andy goodbye hi it's producer Chris from The Bugle here did you know that I have a new series of my podcast Richie Firth Travel Hacker out now